In Oregon alone, hundreds of people are waiting on a life-saving organ donation. Inspired by a friend's need for a kidney, State Representative Tiffany Mitchell donated one herself to a complete stranger. Why wouldn't you take that opportunity to help another person's uh, life be, be better and to literally save their life? And she hopes to inspire others to do the same. Mitchell joins us today along with Leslie Brock, the Executive Director of Donate Life Northwest, to talk about the critical need for living donors and how you can become one too. From KGW News, this is Straight Talk with Laurel Porter. Hello and welcome to Straight Talk. Would you be willing to donate one of your kidneys right now to someone you don't even know? It would be a tough decision, but one that could save a life. And it's what Oregon State Representative Tiffany Mitchell did this fall. She did it as a living donor through what's called a paired exchange. And not just one, but five people benefited. There are 125,000 people waiting for a life-saving organ transplant in the U.S. right now. 879 of them in Oregon. 735 people in Oregon are waiting for a kidney donation and 1,487 in the state of Washington. 22 people in the U.S. die each day waiting for a transplant. Representative Mitchell, a Democrat representing Astoria, gave the gift of life, and she hopes to inspire others to become donors too. We find out more about why she did it, what the process was like, and how a new law in Oregon could make it easier for others to be living donors. She joins us for Straight Talk, along with Leslie Brock, Executive Director of Donate Life Northwest, the only organization in Oregon that does education and awareness campaigns to increase the number of Oregonians registered to be organ donors. It also manages the organ donor registry for the state. Welcome to my guests, Representative Tiffany Mitchell and Leslie Brock. Welcome to Straight Talk. It's so nice to have you both here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I, I very much appreciate this opportunity to come and talk about something that I was passionate about before and, and now as a donor, I'm e even more passionate now. So I really appreciate the Well, thank invitation. you so much for being here. It's been just over a month since you had your surgery, since you gave one of your kidneys. How are you feeling? I am actually doing great right now. Um, my... I think barometer of how I've been checking how I feel is does it hurt anymore when I cough and today I noticed that it does not so I've in the beginning I, I was very tired and there was obviously incisional pain um, and you know you just kind of monitor that and probably about two and a half weeks in the incisional pain stopped being something that I couldn't live with um, and it was actually never something that I couldn't live with um, they were very good in the hospital about managing that pain. I had um, some, some good pain management techniques when I got home. Um, and then after that pain started going away, I noticed that the biggest issue was being tired a lot, and that has now subsided quite a bit as well, and I'm back to work. So yeah, You said they back. really prepare you going in for what it's going to be like. They, they do prepare you, um, but like I've told, told a lot of people, I actually think that... Uh, it's sort of like if you've never had a baby before, if you try to tell somebody this is what it's going to be like, um, you will never know what it's like until it actually happens. And it's different um, for everyone, you it say. It is. It is very different for everyone um, because it's highly individualistic how your body reacts to, um, you know, the anesthesia, the surgery. Um, 
what your pain tolerance is, which was honestly one of my biggest concerns going in because I feel like I have a very uh, mediocre pain tolerance. <laughs> and honestly, I remember waking up and feeling like it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. So um, it was a really fantastic, I think, experience overall. and. One that, you know, you wonder if you're ever going to be the same again. And I'm five weeks in and I feel like I'm like it never happened. So, so mentally, how are you feeling about giving one of your kidneys? I am incredibly happy that it was something I finally was able to do. Um, this is something I've wanted to do for a long time. I've, I had a friend about 10 years ago that needed a, a kidney and I was on the list to be able to donate to her. Her mother ended up being the better donor, so her mom gave her a kidney. And I remember feeling at that time that if I was going to give my kidney to someone that I really cared about, and there was a lot of emotional investment, obviously, in my friend and wanting to make sure that she was better, I realized that there was somebody else out there that was going through the same thing and the person they cared about did not have a donor that matched them. Um, and someone can live for years on dialysis without ever having that option to have that life-saving gift. And so why would I not want to help that person um, not only have a better life, but to help their family and friends have them back in their lives. So um, the fact that I was able to finally do this after just a number of issues in my own personal life, personal circumstances that prevented that from happening, um, I'm happy that I've, I've finally been able to do it. And it's just a huge accomplishment for me. Well, Leslie, as director of uh, Donate Life Northwest, what do you think about what Tiffany did? We were just so honored to be a part of it, um, first of all. And, you know, it's just such an amazing gift that she's given uh, to someone who, you know, possibly could not have made it without a, without a donation. And a living donation is something that's really important to us because 80% um, of people who are on the waiting list are waiting for a kidney transplant. And there's a very limited amount of people who, you know, deceased donors who might be able to provide a kidney and so um, the best way to combat that and to lower that waiting list is through living donation and so uh, when we met with Tiffany and have been working with her on this process and watching her go through this it's really been an amazing experience for us. I mentioned that your kidney benefited not just one, but five people, mm -hmm. and that was through something called a parrot exchange. Right. We have some graphics that illustrate what a parrot mm -hmm. exchange is. Leslie, can you describe what we're looking at and also for people listening on podcasts? Yeah, absolutely. So in a, a parrot exchange, uh, you'll have somebody who who has a, a living donor who's willing to donate a kidney to their loved one or to their friend, and but unfortunately, they're not a match. And so they'll find somebody else who is also waiting for a kidney and they don't have a match but those two the two donors would match the opposite people and so you can you can kind of basically trade kidneys with the other people and results in two kidney transplants and saves both of their lives well then we have another graphic that shows a chain mm -hmm. uh, there's one from October 16th from your surgery this is the right. chain here but then the, we have another one that specifically shows Tiffany's surgery that you'll be able to see in a moment mm -hmm. so describe for us what this is about and how it actually helped five people right so uh, a kidney chain is very similar where you have it, but it has to start with an altruistic donor. So an altruistic donor is somebody like Tiffany who donated her kidney to a stranger just 
out of the goodness of her heart and wanted to help somebody. Uh, so that person, like T Tiffany, gives a kidney to someone who's a match, who has a living donor lined up, but that living donor isn't a match. And so she donates her kidney to somebody. The person who, um, who would have donated to that person would donate to somebody else. And it keeps going down the line. And so, like with Tiffany, uh, she was able to save five people through her initial kidney transplant. It went from, from donor to recipient to donor to recipient and through until the end of the chain, which ended up here in the Pacific Northwest again. And, and Tiffany, you don't know who got your kidney. I do not know who got my kidney. I hope that I get that opportunity sometime to know who it was because I think that would at least, that would be gratifying to be able to say, I'm glad that I was able to help you. Um, but because of privacy regulations that, that should be there um, with, with healthcare and all of that, um, those regulations, you don't necessarily get to know who you donated to, and the recipient, in turn, also doesn't necessarily get to know who their donor was. Um, they have to both sign a release that says they are okay with having contact. Um, I have filled out that release, and I, I will probably try to contact the donor, uh, the recipient, pardon me, at, at some point, but, you know, if I never find out, that, that wasn't really the point. Um, I'm honestly just happy knowing that there is somebody else out there now who is walking around with a kidney, doing well, and going back to, you know, the story with my friend earlier, I helped to give somebody their loved one back, and they get years and years, theoretically, with their loved one that they wouldn't have had before that are going to be healthy and happy, and that, to me, is immensely gratifying, regardless of whether I know who that person is. Well, we'd love to see it if you do meet the recipient someday. I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> well, you've uh, been part of legislation, both of you, that will make this easier for other people if they decide to do it. It's called the Living Donor Protection Act. You were chief sponsor of the Living Donor Protection Act, along with State Senator Sarah Gelser, and it passed the legislature. The governor signed it into law back in June. So let's talk about what this includes. The legislation will provide job security for people who are considering organ donation by including living donation as a procedure protected under the state's Family Medical Leave Act. Additionally, the new law will prohibit insurers from increasing premiums for limiting a donor's access to health, life, or long-term care insurance based solely on their status as a living donor. Why is that part important, Leslie? Uh, it's, it's really important because, you know, um, when somebody is, is giving the gift of life and becoming a living donor, they're saving other people's lives. And you need to ensure that you're protecting them for when they're going through the surgery and when they're going through the, the, the recovery process, that if they have to take time off work, that they, you know, they can go back to work and they can go back to their position. It'll still be there for them. And then also, you know, it's, it's important to not have that counted as a pre-existing condition that you could be ruled out for health insurance for or to have higher premiums because of it. Uh, so I, I think it's, it's going to really be encouraging for other potential living donors who want to go through the process and they know that that barrier has been removed. Well, since this legislation passed, have you seen any movement, any uptick in people who are considering it, who are interested in becoming a living donor? We have. We've had several people contact our office and ask about living donation. Um, a lot of them have seen Tiffany's story, and they're really inspired by that. And that's something that's really been uh, helpful, her being such a big public figure um, and being able to bring that awareness about living donation. And so we've had several people contact us, and we actually know of one who is going through the process of being tested right now um, since all of this happened. How impactful? impactful do you think this legislation is? Um, so I think this legislation is actually hugely impactful for people who 
are considering living donation for all the reasons that Leslie said. Um, one of the things that I think it unfortunately wasn't able to do that I'm hopeful we will actually be able to, to cross that bridge and, and, and join um, the, that concern for people is um, the Oregon's Family Medical Leave Act that we actually just paid Family Medical Leave Act that we just passed this last session. Um, this last legislative session, our uh, chambers passed the most progressive Paid Family Medical Leave Act in the entire country. Um, and unfortunately, part of that law does not yet include um, making sure that, that you are able to qualify for, it it's, would be similar to unemployment insurance to where you could file for benefits for certain conditions to take care of your family, to, you know, if you had a baby. Um, it is not a part of that yet. They're in the process of doing all the rulemaking. And my hope is that in addition to protecting somebody's job, in addition to making sure that you can get health insurance, one of the biggest barriers people have to making a decision to become a living donor is just the, the idea of going, you know, maybe a month without a paycheck. If we are able to get into rulemaking, for paid family medical leave, living organ donation, my hope is, is that will remove that barrier for a lot of people who might be considering this as an option. Our Kylie mm -hmm. Boshi did a report with you uh, just after you had your surgery. Mm -hmm. So I wanna run part of the clip from Kyle um, talking to you about becoming a living donor and also breaking down barriers. Mitchell hopes to break down barriers that often prevent potential donors from making the decision to give. Next to donating blood, this is probably like the easiest thing that you can do to where you actually know your sacrifice meant something to another human being in a very meaningful way. Mitchell is expected to return home soon and recovery shouldn't take long. But once you get through that four to six week period, um, your life should look exactly like it did before. The lawmaker hopes others will consider giving to someone in need of a kidney transplant and promises to continue fighting for living donation rights. People may be wondering, though, aren't you taking this big risk? What if your one kidney that's left, you don't have any backup anymore? What if it goes down? So you had mentioned um, a little bit earlier today about how they prepare you going in. Um, they prepare you on several different fronts from how you might feel like pain-wise and pain management, but they also really do a lot of medical testing to make sure that you are not going to need a kidney transplant in the future. Now, obviously, there are a lot of things that factor into that. Something could happen, you know, 20, 30 years down the road. There's no crystal ball, but they do a lot of medical testing to ensure that you are the least likely type of person to need um, a kidney in the future so that they're not taking a kidney from someone who is potentially high risk. So the likelihood that I will ever need one in the future is very, very low. And so it's not something I'm concerned with. Um, I think the biggest thing they told me was, you know, like maybe avoid contact sports. I'm not really big into play playing football. football. So I'm not gonna <laughs> join a football league. I'm fine with that. So, I mean, as long as I avoid those things and maintain a fairly healthy lifestyle, I should be just fine. Do you want to speak mm -hmm. to that, Leslie? Yeah, uh, you know, they say that um, living kidney donors are some of the healthiest people on the planet because they, they do go through such rigorous testing and you have to be extremely healthy uh, to be a kidney donor. Um, but, you know, if the very 
rare event that she might need a kidney in the future if something happens, uh, you know, because she's been a living donor, then she would uh, she would get treatment so that she would be qualified for the next potential match um, for her kidney. So she would um, you know she'd have a, a better chance of getting a kidney transplant. <laughs> Leslie, tell us a little bit more about Donate Life Northwest. You manage the organ donor registry. How many Oregonians are on that registry? So right now there's a little over 2.6 million Oregonians who have registered as, as organ, eye, and tissue donors. That's on like our more than half. Oh yeah, well more than half, and it puts us in the top five in the country in state registries, which we have some very giving people here in the Pacific Northwest, and so we're really excited about that. And what else does your organization do? And we'll get into some of those specifics sure. later. Sure, so we're the nonprofit in Oregon that uh, does education and awareness about organ, eye, and tissue donation. Um, we have many programs, and I think our biggest program is our school outreach program called Go Recycle Yourself. Uh, we are in high schools all throughout Oregon and Southwest Washington talking about uh, donation, and education, and transplant. And we really want to hit those kids when they're turning 16 and they're getting ready to get their first driver's license. Because they go to the DMV where they can exactly. register. Exactly, 99% of people who register as a donor do it at the DMV. So we want to make sure that they are informed on what they're saying yes to when they go to the DMV. So it's an important program. So how, Tiffany, did the two of you partner up on this? Um, so I, I mentioned early on that you know I, this is something that I've wanted to do for a number of years and just was never able to because of different life circumstances. So after I was elected, I realized that I would have some time between session to where I would be able to do that. So I was actually planning on doing it and then mm -hmm. I actually um, was visited by Leslie in my office over the Living Donor Protection Act and was asked to sponsor it and I said yes of course by the way this is something I want to do myself as a living donor can you help put me in touch with who I need to be in touch with. Um, they put me in touch with the donor center that I went through um, which was Legacy Good Samaritan um, and just started that whole thing and we decided to just kind of partner from there to really make this a platform to talk about the importance of living donation. Were you surprised that, that Tiffany wanted to become a donor? I was. Um, it kind of caught me off guard. I was like, oh wow, okay, we're going all in. So that's great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been really wonderful to, to work with Tiffany and to see her go through this process and to see the lives that she saved. So let's talk about this beautiful mm -hmm. quilt here. Uh, for quilters, anybody out there is a quilter, <laughs> you can volunteer and become a part of this. It's uh, Threads of Life quilts. I, I saw it on your website and I was so struck by it. It's so beautiful. Tell us about the meaning of, of these quilts. Sure, so we do one of these every year. Uh, this is, I think, our 21st year that we've done one. And uh, these are all um, individually designed quilt squares that are designed by people who have been touched by organ, eye, and tissue donations. So some of them are honoring loved ones who have passed away and become donors. Some of them are honoring recipients whose lives have been saved by, by donation. Um, and so we have quilt square workshops where we help people design design their squares to honor their loved one, and then we have volunteer quilters who put the whole thing together. And then we, uh, we unveil it uh, during National Donate Life Month, which is in April. And are they, are they um, used for charity at all, or do you just keep them on no, hand? No, we have them on hand. We don't sell them or anything like that. Uh, we have every one of them in our office, and we loan them out for people. You know, a lot of people have different events throughout the year. If they want to celebrate somebody's birthday that has passed away, that's honored on the quilt, um, we can send it to them, and they can have it for that celebration. So actually, this is last year's quilt. The 2019 quilt is actually out on loan right now. So, so if you want to get involved, quilters, you can contact Donate mm -hmm. Life Northwest, and I'll give you the phone number in just a moment. 
you have another group that Tiffany, you're a part of. It's yeah. Women Encouraging Living Donation. Tell us about that. Uh, so WELD, um, Women Encouraging Living Donation, is actually an advocacy organization um, of, composed of women who have become living donors. And I only just recently became a part of the club. They wouldn't let me join until I finished. Um, and so now we're just in the process of trying to figure out like where can we strategically go and be to let people know about the importance of living donation. Um, you know, Donate Life Northwest does a lot around organ, um, eye and tissue donation. A lot of that comes from deceased donors. Mm -hmm. And so for Weld, Focusing on the fact that even though we have over 2 million people in Oregon registered as donors, with the amount of people, over 100,000 people in the United States that need organs, it's very clear that we just don't have enough deceased organs out there um, that will take care of the issue that we have. So if we can get more people to consider becoming living donors, and WELD is a very important part of that here in Oregon to try to let people know that this is a need and living donors are incredibly important. We'd love more people to come forward. Um, that, that's the whole mission of that organization. I know, mm -hmm. Leslie, it's an important message you really want to get out to people listening and watching today yeah. is about talking to your family. Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, registering as an organ eye and tissue donor is really important, but I think what's even more important is having that discussion with your family ahead of time because, you know, you. It, when your family is faced with a sudden tragedy of some sort and they're in the hospital and they're approached by by someone saying, you know, would your loved one want to be a donor? It's really helpful to know what they would have wished ahead of time um, so that you can say, yeah, this is what they wanted. And, and, and a lot of donor families uh, who have had a loved one pass away and become a donor, they really take some solace in knowing that even though it was a, a terrible tragedy, that something positive has come from the loss of their loved one, that their loved one was able to save lives and heal people through their donations. So, so even if important. you are registered, it's still important Mm -hmm. to talk to your family Very about it. Very important to talk to your family about it. Tiffany, we have just over a minute left, mm -hmm. but I wanted to ask you, you know, what's your biggest dream from doing this? What, what do you want to see happen next? Uh, my biggest dream, first and foremost, is that we can get into rulemaking that paid family medical leave includes living organ donation as a reason that you can qualify for that leave so that more people hopefully will feel less apprehensive about making the choice. But secondly, I would like to think that I am not, you know, some special person that decided to want to do this, that there are way more special people out there who really want to make that difference in somebody else's life. One of the best statistics I've learned in this process is that if one in 10,000 people became a living organ donor, we could eliminate the waiting list of people who are waiting for kidneys in the United States. Mm -hmm. So my hope is that if anything out of this, I just want more people to go forward and to figure out whether or not this is a right decision for them so that we can whittle that, that list down. And one day you might meet the recipient. Hopefully. How would that feel? Um, I think that it, I, it, it would be a tremendous honor to be able to meet them to know that I helped that person. Um, again, it's not my... It, it's not my end-all be-all. I, I wanted to give the organ to be able to help somebody, so I hope I get to meet them someday, but if I don't, it, it's not the end of the world either. Well, so. we're so happy that you're doing so well. Thank you both for being here. Thank I want to give that phone number and your website if people are interested or if you want to quilt. Um, the number to call is 503-494-7888. That's 503-494-7888. And the website is donatelifenw.org. Donate Life 
www.nw.org. Thank you both, Thank Representative you. Tiffany Mitchell and Leslie Brock from Donate Life Northwest for being here on Stray Talk. And thank you for watching and listening. Don't forget you can download Stray Talk as a podcast wherever you get podcasts. It is free. Just search for KGW Stray Talk. We're off next week for Thanksgiving. Have a wonderful and safe holiday, and we'll see you in two weeks for Stray Talk.